So, hello everybody and welcome to Thelma and Tom Look Left, Episode 8, with me, Tom Widdicombe, and my co-host, Thelma Walker. Hi, Thelma. Hi, Tom. Good to see you and good to hear your voice again. Uh, it's just, just you and I today. That's a right. Isn't yeah. It? yeah, a bit, bit <laughs> nervous, you know. <laughs> come to yeah. come, <laughs> come to rely on these guests a little bit, to be honest. But anyway, oh, yeah, well, looking forward it. to it. it yeah, I, I think having the guests has been absolutely wonderful. Um, I, I know lots of people listening have given us great feedback about enjoying the, the discussion um, and the informal chat that goes along with it as well. Serious issues, but um, along with informal chat. And uh, But I think it's important, we've both agreed to do this today, um, yeah. that our very first podcast was just you and I. Yeah. And so that the listeners could get to know us as people, not just talking politics, but as find something out about us. And so many weeks later, I don't know, yeah. how many have we done now? Seven. Well, we're on, we're on number eight, aren't we? And this we did is number say, eight. Uh, we did say originally we'd do four, so um, we, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got yeah, carried well, away there, Thelma. But, we, um, did, we did, but we've got <laughs> great guests that have said that they'll come on and, and join yeah. us. So, you know, while people are, are saying we'd be happy to come on and, and talk to you about left uh, politics um, and we're enjoying it, and if people listen to us, then why not? Um, Absolutely. But, I, but I, think having, I think having this session today, this episode today, where it's just you and I, having time to reflect on on the journey we've had this last few weeks and and talk about uh you know how how things have changed for us um what we've learned from it uh, and what we plan for the future i think is a is a good i think everybody needs to evaluate what they're doing and um i think it'd be good for us just just to talk things through today and hopefully people will listen and they've got the chance to feedback to us um with their thoughts on that as well I don't know what you think about no, that. No, I totally, I'm totally up for it, Thelma. I, I, I always like a good chat, and um, so far to date, we've never run out of things to say. So uh, let's no. hope it doesn't happen in the next 45 minutes. Um, <laughs> I think, that, I think the joke with us has always been that before we started recording, um, we always had some of the best. Uh, uh, best lines and yeah, uh, yeah, some yeah. of the best chat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, well, well, that's all right. We'll We've like... got the recorder on. I hope. Yes. We're... <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, Thelma, I, I was going to say, um, like you know, as your your head teacher, I'm sure you know the value of um, a good lesson plan. Um, I uh, before I dropped out, I I went to um, uh, I think in those days it was called a college of education. Um, and I was there three weeks and I learned, you know, one of the things I did learn was always have a good lesson plan. Never find yourself in a position where you don't know what's going on. Um, so I'm, I'm totally relying on you here, Thelma, but let's go for it. <laughs> well, we haven't got a lesson plan. I mean, I think the thing I was always said as a teacher and head teacher that, that any, any plan you had should be more of a waistcoat than a straitjacket, you know, in terms of just giving a frame, frame to what you're going to be doing. But the important thing with learning for me, for children and young people was, was that uh, often they could be inspired and go off on a tangent and a good teacher would pick up on that and develop it. Um, so um, I, let's hope that happens with us. I wish you'd been my teacher. I just <laughs> wish you'd been my teacher. Uh, if I think back to the teachers that I had in grammar school, I mean, you know, there was only one really that I, I genuinely liked 
out of what, mm. 10 or 12. The rest of it was a real struggle. And he, he was the woodwork teacher. And um, in a grammar school, because I was in the A stream, I wasn't allowed to take woodwork. I had to take metalwork. Oh, and yeah. oh my God. And then when I got to 15, I think, I made a huge fuss and said, look, I'm no good at this stuff. I want to do woodwork. And yeah. they put me in with Mr. Smith and uh, he was really kind to me and uh, and we got on really fine and I made some really nice things. Anyway. Well, you, you know, that is, while we're on it, come on, let's talk education because you know I'm at home here. Um, but I, I think that kind of sums up what's going wrong with education at the moment, what you're saying. Um, and I'm always quoting the Finnish model of, of their education system. But there's parity of esteem uh, for each subject. You know, each subject is valued, has yeah. the same value. And it's it's for each child and individual to find that map their course. Um, but to have that free choice and, and to be able to excel in whatever, whether it's art, science, maths, environmental studies, whatever it is, it should have us. And, and learning should be connected and relevant. That That's the important thing. Um, and... Um, yeah, all our futures, the Robinson Report from quite a few years back now, um, that was one of the recommendations in it, that parity of esteem for subjects. And because children are kind of pigeonholed, aren't they, into this is the route to, mm. to success and employment and the, the pressure on them to achieve certain targets, etc. And it's just the, the curriculum just seems to be narrowing um, every every year, and um, and you're a prime example, Tom, of of a very bright person uh, that was was try- they were trying to pigeonhole you and, um, and and stop you from being who who you are and what um, do you're doing what you wanted to do. So really quite interesting. Um, yeah, I mean that's quite an, it's quite interesting, Thelma. You must kind of have known when you're in school teaching that there was a certain percentage of kids in in your class or in your school who really uh, were perhaps slightly in the wrong place or or needed things to be done in a slightly different way. Uh, and yes. yet you were trapped in a system that couldn't allow that. Uh, well, I think that's possibly one of the reasons why I, I needed to, uh, to to move on to, to go into politics and try and change education through through politics in a way because I used to have those kids that you've just talked about as the outdoor learning kids you know the ones that would be wriggling in the desk behind the yeah. seat after after a few minutes and so what we did um we we developed the outdoor learning so if we were doing World War Two, we built a, an air raid shelter in the grounds and um, if if we were doing the Romans we'd we'd hide uh, you know Roman coins and artifacts in the grounds of the of the school and and we'd have them outside as, as often as we could um um and I, I think we were at that time kind of breaking the mold really with with what was was happening um generally in education but um but the, those children the the outdoor learning kids as i call them that really didn't like being confined behind a desk loved loved that 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 freedom um of, of still learning but just learning in a different way and it's just preferred learning styles we're all individuals and we all like learning in, in in different ways and I think that's the shame most teachers know that and appreciate that but they're working towards a, a model and the restrictions um with assessment and curriculum that don't always lend itself to that so um 
you know, I, I'm very supportive of those heads who who hold on to the, those principles and values in terms of the curriculum and assessment. Um, yeah, so you can yeah, see so I'm, I'm read, still um, very interested. I, I, I know we didn't plan to talk about education, but it's something we both, <laughs> we're both very keen on talking about. Um, I read a lovely article uh, this week about, by that lady in London who won the teacher in the best teacher in the world or something. I don't yeah, know if you the saw glo- that. Globe, yeah, the Global Teacher Award. Yeah, and she won yeah. a million quid. And um, uh, I read this article, and she her uh, her ideas were pretty much totally the same as yours, uh, which I I found really refreshing. And as soon as I read the article, I thought. I've got to get Thelma to ask her to come on the podcast, but yeah. it would be like me being on the podcast with two Thelmas, really, <laughs> which, which yeah. would be okay. Yeah. I, I wouldn't yeah. mind that, but she she sounded like a really nice person as well. And, right. and it's about just taking each individual kid and giving them what they need, isn't it? Rather than what you, yeah. you know, what you, what the, the establishment or whatever thinks, you know, this kid's yeah. got to assimilate this regardless. Yeah, it's just not appropriate. I think it's a basic understanding of what is education for, and um, and when do you stop learning? I I learn every day. I've learned about this podcast. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I've learned about politics in in my you know uh, recent years. Um, you you never stop learning, and that's what keeps you going, and that's part of the joy of life, I think. And but it's that. Um, nurturing a love of learning from a very early age that's that's the essential thing from the early years stage it's that joy of learning and love of learning that you can have with you for the whole of your life Uh, it doesn't start and end at a certain point it should be forever and that's why obviously policies like fully funded education for the whole of an uh, individual's life lifelong education mm. is is so important i think yeah. um because you can pick up it's like an escalator isn't it you can jump on it and jump off it or you should be able to all of your life and and it should be the same for everyone it shouldn't matter where you're born or how much money you've got um i i think it's it, it's a right um i really do yeah yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I, just something I, I want to kind of develop this a little bit if I can. I, I, I don't know what stuff you've got on your list there, Thelma, but <laughs> I, I wanted to, um, I was talking to a good friend of mine this morning. I, I, I meet for a coffee every now and again, once a week, once a fortnight with a good friend. And she's a, um, an old, she's an old hippie and she's also a socialist. And we were discussing, uh, this morning we were discussing why we were socialists we always we don't waste our time we always get right in there and talk about you know <laughs> which we also discussed why are we talking about this you know n- not everybody is but anyway um yeah it was interesting because i i was trying to explain that that i really do believe that if we construct things differently in society we can improve things for the human race and and that's why if we can change the focus more from you know the the kind of greed thing that you know Boris is proud to present to us as having done all this great stuff utter rubbish which I could disprove in five seconds but if we could change the focus from that moreover to look you we've got one life we want to use it in the best possible way we want to 
you know, get that right if we can for as many people as possible. And we want to set that up. And, yeah. and, and that's why really the root of it, because I think we can make a difference by tweaking things, by changing things. And I guess some people don't think that, Thelma. No, I, it, for me, it's I'm talking about education and how important that is. Um, but it's also about quality of life, isn't it? It's what value base you have and what you value as important. And, and I think the discussions we've got on climate change um, and a green industrial revolution where we've got employment changing, uh, changing landscape for em- future employment, um, skilling up a future workforce to meet the, I mean, you can call it the fourth industrial revolution if you want, but the, you know, the, the future is going to be very different. Um, I mean, there's AI, for instance, you know, and the technology, technological developments that are happening um, and so we need to make sure that we've got uh, young people that are equipped for the future but more importantly that they are emotionally uh, resilient as well and the well-being has to be at the forefront of that mm. um, and I think the pandemic in particular has exposed um, how fragile how fragile many of us are emotionally um, and I think one of the most important things um, in education um, is, is that the whole child approach is taken, that it isn't just about targets and tests, although it's important for, for young people to achieve and to get a job in the future. But it is about their relationships um, with their family, with their friends, in the workplace when they are working, that they can be team players, that they can be respectful of others and that they can be resilient. And when things do, uh, when life presents challenges, that they can they can cope with that and know how to support other people. And, and most importantly, make a positive contribution in society um, because we don't stand alone. We, we, a society is about all of us supporting each other. Um, and that's what makes me sad at the moment because I think we've, uh, the, the country seems so divided and the world seems so divided at the moment. And um, there seems so much hatred out there and um, it doesn't have to be this way. Uh, and no. as socialists, as socialists, I think we have a duty to speak out when we see injustice. Um, and, and I suppose in our small way, Tom, we're doing this through our podcast and, and, and yeah, ha- having that, that socialist voice and a safe space, as it's been called, uh, for, for left-wing mm. discussion and, and conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. And, th- and the other thing I, I think is interesting, like when, when sorry, to, I, I didn't mean to turn this into a... I'm going to question Thelma's session, but <laughs> one more. <laughs> I suppose no, after fine. after eight weeks, there's kind of things I need to sort of say and get sorted out here. Yeah, well, no, it's yeah. good to talk. It's good to talk. <laughs> so when, because I, I, when you had your career as a teacher, and like I can see te- a good teacher really is is almost a mentor to to the child or to the children where the children can feel surely this is my vision anyway where the children would feel completely at ease to come to the teacher and say something like you know can you explain that a bit more or what I think about it is this or you know totally so they can really get in there and and share their 
whole experience with it. I would have thought that's what I would be looking for if I was a teacher. Uh, yeah. And, and I, I kind of get that feeling off you. What I want, was going to say, you must have come up. What has, what has got into the minds of these people that think it should be some other way? And uh, um, yeah, I, I, I think the, I'm going to quote the Finnish model again, though, where the, there is so much respect for the teaching profession in Finland uh, and across Scandinavian countries. Um, I mean, it's a high bar to actually get into teaching. It's master's level of qualification. So the expectations are high, but there is immense respect for people in the profession. And um, that, that means that there's a trust there of their professionalism and that children and young people are in safe hands, as it were. So there's not the same external assessment or moderation that goes on here because it's countless visits from Ofsted, um, kind of uh, testing, uh, you know, right the way through a child's um, career, uh, educational career and life. Um, And in Finland, there's no formal testing until that. I think it's post 16. Um, It's ongoing formative assessment done by the teachers and the school. Um, and, and that professional trust is there and respect um, from the community uh, and in society as a whole. And I think what's happened in, in our country is teaching is a really tough job, but it's the most wonderful job as well, the most rewarding job, the most exhausting job. And I, I would say that having been an MP as well, and an MP during all the Brexit late votes and all that was going on there. And I would still say being a teacher is 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 cha- it's so much more challenging physically and emotionally, but it is so rewarding because you're changing, you're changing children's lives or you're certainly contributing to, to, to that child's future life. Um, and, but there isn't, it doesn't seem to me from successive governments enough respect given to the profession, enough trust given to um, teachers and head teachers. Um, And all all that's happened is more and more, uh, as I keep mentioning, the targets and tests are piled on external um, uh, inspection um, from Ofsted, which to me seems to have been incredibly politicized over the last few years. Um, And those judgments are made. Whereas in Finland, if you look at the model there, yes, it's a high bar to actually get into the profession, but then it's, you are the trained professional, we trust you, we trust you to make a judgment on your children, we trust you to care for their health and well-being. Another factor is they do, they have a quarter of an hour break from what I've been reading every hour. So those children we were talking about before that are the ones that don't want to stay in their seat and behind a desk, they can get out, they can get a bit of fresh air, they can get some exercise and they're ready to apply themselves again for the next hour. Common sense if you know what children are like and how they learn. Also, lots of learning outdoors, um, I think it's more than half a timetable um, that in all weathers, it doesn't matter whether it's snowing or whatever, they have zip up suits and they're out mm-hmm. um, and they're learning outside. Um, and it's, it's just things like this. And I think it's the fourth year on the run with the World Happiness Index that Finland 
has come out at the top. Now, that can't be a coincidence. And I keep banging this drum about we're getting it wrong. Yeah. And I honestly believe we are getting it. Not in all settings. Some, some are very brave and are holding on to those values um, mm. and those principles. But I just feel what, what, what we're being asked to do by this government and the ideology that goes with it is actually damaging our kids. Mm. I really do. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, uh, sorry, we're on education. We ought to, we ought to move on and talk yeah. about <laughs> politics here. It's something I'm well, sure you can of, tell. It's it, something it, I feel really passionate well, about. Well, I think, I think left-wing <laughs> politics and education go, uh, uh, are linked. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And I think um, there's been a, a lack of um, the right kind of education. I think sometimes this is why we've ended up where we are as a country, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I was, um, I think I might have said this before, but as someone said to me on one of the podcasts, when I said that, politicians are always saying the same thing over and over again, so you're allowed to. Uh, I can't remember who said that now. Someone did say that. Um, I, I, I was, I don't, I don't know if my reading of the political situation through my life is the same as yours, Thelma. This, I, I'd be interested to know this, because I thought that... Um, when I was growing up in the 60s and 70s, I was quite optimistic about the way things were going in this country. And, uh, and um, then um, I know the 70s was troublesome and a lot of people point at that as, uh, you know, uh, that's what happens if you let the left take control and blah, blah, blah. Uh, um, obviously, I don't agree with that. But uh, when Mrs Thatcher came into power, I felt the whole whole thing turn in the other direction I, I and I was only a casual observer from the sidelines I wasn't involved I, um, but then from there really onwards it's been a kind of gradual clawback by the establishment taking away the the wealth and the power of the people and that's how I see it now I and I, I do take on board that um, the Blair years was that that was more generous they were more generous to the people during those years but they didn't stop the 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 clawback of wealth if you look at the distribution of wealth through those years it's still massively going towards the the powerful and the wealthy uh just that more was it was shared out a bit better at the at the bottom end and then of course after that it's been just an unbelievable uh direction of um well taking 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 and it still is uh, so what do you think is that is that correct reading do you think yeah i mean we have the most centralized uh, governance of any country almost in the world everything is based at westminster um and you'll know the campaign i'm involved in at the moment um with the northern independence party but that is about taking that um authority and control away from westminster um because if you if you look around the regions of, of the country and obviously my interest is particularly in the north um you look at the underinvestment i mean we've had nearly 11 years now of austerity um 
our public services have been um, just cut back so far, as we know. Um, we look at the infrastructure um, in, you know, the forgotten towns in, in the north, uh, connectivity, transport, uh, public health, and all the indicators, child poverty, life expectancy, uh, you know, child poverty. I mean, it's, it's, is it going, you know, expected to go to five million uh, children? That, and I think that's an underestimation, actually, if you look at actual poverty. Um, life expectancy, you know, and quality of life expectancy as well um, in, in northern towns uh, in particular. Um, and people up north I know um, that I'm talking to are saying this has gone on for decades now, that underinvestment. And it's almost like, you know, the manufacturing industry has been run down. But the graft, it's almost like the graft is done. That's my northern accent coming yeah. out there, the graft. Not, well, not, not the graft. The, the graft. <laughs> That's how I say it, Thelma. <laughs> <laughs> The, the graft is done up north and the profits are, are taken down south, it seems. Um, and and then it's almost, I call it crumbs from the Westminster table, um, it is given and we're told about the northern powerhouse and levelling up and all of this. And it's clear to see. It's clear to see. And I think COVID has expose that even more the inequality across our country of the haves and the have-nots and and people are sick of it now and I think and I've said this before but I think those um, socialist policies in our 19 uh, 2017 and 19 manifestos they've been seen and can't be unseen and um, despite despite what happened in 2019, I think people post-pandemic, well, let's face it, the Tories are, are picking up on a lot of those policies that will suit them during the pandemic, um, but it'll, it'll be the poorest that end up paying it for it for them. Um, you can guarantee it that because there's no, there's no wealth tax being brought in by this government, as you saw at the budget, no windfall tax. Um, it, it'll be the ordinary person that ends up covering the costs because that's how it works with the kind of government we've got at the moment. Um, so I think people are waking up. I think people are waking up and they're speaking up um, and they're saying that th this this cannot continue, this this inequality and this, this terribly centralised government. And you can see democracy has uh, just been, uh, this last few years, uh, eroded still further um, and uh, yeah I think I think now is the time for change I think we're in very interesting a very interesting period of time in political history at the moment and I think I think there are shock waves uh, are coming um, I honestly believe that if not over this next few weeks certainly long term I think there's a growing socialist movement yeah yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm in agreement with you there, Thelma. And uh, it's, it, it is, it's fascinating times. And, and I know my, my mood goes up and down on my optimism and my pessimism. But overall, you know, the, the, the system is creaking. The, the short-termism of, of the right-wing view is just, oh, you know, I, I was having, th I was thinking about it today and thinking like, you know, um, Boris Johnson, uh, he, he, he desperately wants to be 
remembered as a great prime minister. That's, oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I've never met him and I've never sat down and talked to him and I'm, I'm sure I'm never going to. But, well, I mean, we could try and get him on, I suppose. But um, uh, I get the impression that's his overriding ambition and almost purpose of being in the game is he wants to be remembered in history as one of the all-time greats. And, and he's consistently polling about 40% in this country, people that like him, which is high. It's higher than anyone else, but it's 40% of the UK, which is a tiny little country in a whole world. We've got 70 million people out of 10 billion. It's tiny. So he And he's appealing to 40% of that 70 million. The rest of the world think he's an idiot. So... He's trying to, uh, and half of the UK don't really like him. And he's trying to be remembered as one of the all-time great prime ministers by promoting how wonderful Great Britain is and how great the flag is. And everyone else is laughing at him. And, and you just think, well, how are they so, how are they living in such a small world? You know, this world, the temperature's rising, the, the environment's a total disaster, the, there's... It's a mess everywhere, you know, p people's consciousness is all over the place. Look at the beaches after a day on the beach. It's like, what, what's wrong with these people? Shouldn't we be doing something to help sort this out? And Boris Johnson is there say, waving the flag and standing under two flags, I think, trying to look mm. like he's doing something useful. Oh, oh, sorry, I've gone off on a rant, Thelma. But... No, no, it's OK. Well, this is populism, isn't it? You know, this is, I mean, just think how close Trump was and maybe he's not even gone away. And you think, how could Americans vote for him? How could you? You can't even string a sentence together. How, how can they? But they did. Mm. And it was very close call. Um, that, that he didn't continue. And yeah. as I say, we don't know yet. He's completely gone away. Um, I don't think that threat has, has diminished. Um, but it's the same with Johnson. It, 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 it is this, um, he knows, I've said to you before, he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows how to engage. He, it's this buffoon-like character, this almost wizarding chips type character that makes people smile, really. Even, you know, no matter what you think of his politics, he knows he's sitting in an art class, drawing a banana. <laughs> he knows, he knows exactly that people will make fun of it and, you know, talk about him being like an ape and doing that. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's really clever. And for people who aren't that into politics and don't take politics that seriously... For them, and compared to Theresa May, he's like a breath of fresh air. And now compared to Keir Starmer, who's more of a Theresa May, in my opinion, mm. he's like a breath of fresh air. He's the bloke you'd go to the pub with. I mean, that's what he was saying at the press briefing, mm. which I should mention. I was really cross about yesterday because I just thought it was like a, it was just a propaganda uh, campaign speech being used um, when Parliament aren't sitting and decisions being made, these COVID emergency, uh, this COVID emergency legislation, it really does annoy me because I think it's allowing them to get away with making decisions, really important decisions, um, without going through Parliament. And again, democracy, I really worry about it. But that, be, be, be under no illusion, Boris Johnson knows exactly what he's doing. And when he's standing there with his 
with his B&Q apron on and, um, you, you know, and his, his, his uh, high-vis jacket on. Um, he's campaigning, really. <laughs> you know, that, that's what he's doing. He's using this time to, to campaign. Um, so a lot cleverer than people will give him credit for. Um, and that, that's populism. And that's, as I say, what people who really aren't into politics um see mm. uh, they see this they see this quite comical likable in their view uh person and um and he, he knows how to to do that and to use it and when you've not got an effective charismatic um opposition leader that's when it becomes really dangerous really dangerous yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a flaw in democracy, isn't it, that this can happen in a way. Uh, I know it's, it's, I, it's hard to say that, but... Well, you know, well, it's what I've talked about with Constitution. It's what Clive Lewis was talking about uh, on our recent episode. Um, we need constitutional change. Um, I mean, I, I would say, you know, that, that we need to look at uh, federalism, regionalism, um, and taking that control away from Westminster, because that, to my mind, but we need electoral reform um, desperately and constitutional reform desperately. Um, so, as I say, I think we're at a very interesting time in politics at the moment. And, uh, yeah, it's good to, good to be part of it, really, you know, and being yeah. involved with it. Yeah. 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 Shall, shall, shall we um, shall we just have a quick chat about the podcast, Elma? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's See, just... That's what we're meant to be doing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that was... I, what what yeah. happened to that? Well, well there you are. We, we can always about. cut the first 35 minutes. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, it's just... Uh, uh, we. It's, it's beyond my wildest dreams, really, Thelma. To be honest, we've we've done we've had such a, a nice time, and um, uh, we've had some wonderful guests right from the start. And uh, you know, I, I I meant to ask you whether you'd mind me saying this, and if you do, I'll cut I'll cut it in the edit. But I'd <laughs> love to invite all those guests back again if they want to come, every single one of them, because right from the start, I was like blown away really i mean obviously in in episode well i was nervous in episode one but in episode two i was doubly nervous because we had rebecca on and you know i've never really met apart from yourself Thelma. i've never met anybody well that's not quite true i have met a very famous politician that i'm going to talk about in another episode but um <laughs> um meeting rebecca for me was it was stunning the power that came out of her and yeah. and i, I yeah. I mean, it was unfortunate in a way that I was I was so nervous. I mean, we were both new to the game, and and also there was a bit of a time constraint as well. So it wasn't a particularly relaxed podcast, but it was still a good podcast. And you still see people online saying that was really nice. Um, yeah. So and, we, and, yeah. and then then we had Dawn on, and that was wonderful. And uh, and again. The same thing. I, I was a bit nervous, but she was so sweet. It was really easy to be with her and talk to her. Uh, and, and on and on it goes. Every guest, I could run through them all and, and, and talk about how, how wonderful it's been. Um, yeah. I think, um, I, I th well, first of all, I mean, um, Rebecca Long-Bailey is one of my favourite politicians uh, and people. Um, I, but I feel we were in a bit of an apology, really, because it was almost like we were practising with Becky. Yeah. We? It was kind of... <laughs> I think we were both a bit nervous and how it would work. And yeah. uh, I think I think we were developing our format then as well. We've got a bit of a 
a mm. as we say, a bit of a lesson plan, if you like, yeah. um, uh, which we 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 don't keep to um, hardly ever. But, but but we do have a kind of uh, yeah a, an outline of of how it will go. But we haven't really developed that with that. Uh, session that episode with with Becky and she was just so good wasn't she yeah. and uh and patient with us because yeah. obviously she's a lot slicker than us and, and used to used yeah. to media and used to doing stuff that we we weren't um and uh she she was great so I think we should we should we should say thank you and apologize to Becky <laughs> absolutely I'll second that and and, <laughs> and absolutely uh in, open invite I mean she's probably think never again but you know you're welcome if you dare she might she might <laughs> Yeah, she might. If, if she listens to this, she might. She might risk coming back on. We'll, we'll promise to be more professional next. Yeah, time. definitely. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Each guest, I mean, um, uh, John Butler. I mean, and and in each each of the every person we've had on has had such a um, uh, a different perspective on things yeah. and different experiences and different contributions they can make to the to the ch- chat about socialism and how politics is going um i mean richard Bergen, i mean all, all about his heavy metal and things yeah. like that um was really really good and clive was you know funny but yeah. also massively clever um, Ash, uh, again, lots of comments from uh, our last episode with Ash Sarker and uh, the discussion we had on on, on race um, and social media abuse and, and all of that. Um, so we, I think we deal with some quite heavy issues. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. But but what. I, what I'm hoping we get, and I think I've said this before as well, but um, is, is the human being uh, there um, and, and how people are as people and individuals. Uh, a bit what we were talking about earlier about education and how it's it's the whole person that's, that's really important. And part of our aim with this podcast was for the, the left to be able to really say it how it is for them um and get that message out um but also the person they are that isn't often seen uh, through mainstream media um and i hope we're doing that and i hope people feel comfortable uh being able to talk to us because i hope as we show that we've got integrity and values and um and we genuinely want to hear what people have got to say um and talk socialism yeah absolutely Thelma I, I think I, actually the, the one p- person guest we haven't mentioned there is the one that probably changed things most for me of the whole lot which was who was Melissa and because, yeah, I was leaving her till the end <laughs> uh-huh, okay, well, if you want to talk about Melissa you can I just want to say but because she, she uh, because she was the first person on that wasn't a politician and yeah. and uh, and she just went for it, didn't she? And it was really uh, really loosened me up and freed me up so much. I just thought, this is what we want to try and aim yeah. for here. Yeah, um, and think, that really I changed think, me. Yeah, I think Melissa's. I think the um, the episode we had with Melissa and the conversation um, and the contribution she made about what is happening in politics uh, and the depth of her understanding, I think really showed her insight um, coming from such a political family and having the experience that she's had. Um, And she just articulated it just so well. Um, And I I just thought it was really powerful, um, that conversation we had with Melissa. 
Um, yeah. Apart from that, she's a wonderful person as yeah, well. I, but, I, uh, yeah. I'll never forget, I made some kind of comment, you know, and I, I, I am, I do tend to get, I tend to make extreme comments sometimes and then without realising. And, and as soon as I'd said it, and then she had a chance to speak and she just kind of went, I agree with you, but, and put it into context. And I just thought, yeah. geez, I can't do that. And I, yeah. I, I, then I started thinking, is it because I'm a man that I can't do that? I just have this one thought that goes along and, and it's an absolute truth. And I never see it. In the in the hole, if you know what I mean, and it was just yeah, brilliant the yeah. way she did. But she did it so yeah. nicely; it wasn't like a put down or anything. And no, just, no, that that's a, that's Melissa that she can say things and and sometimes get away with things. I think that's a journalist in there actually. I, I find I can be having a conversation with her, and suddenly there'll be that, that you know really incisive question that you think, "Oh, I didn't see that coming." Um, and I think that's a journalist in her um, yeah. that coming out that she she looks at things from different perspectives, and she researches in depth. You know, mm. she all oh, she's so well read, mm. um, and so yeah, I, I'd love to have Melissa back on. Actually. Yeah, me too. Um, me too. Well, yeah. like, as I said, I'd like to have oh, everybody back yeah. on because. Obviously, yeah. now, all those people, we kind of know, well, you knew, you knew them anyway, but I kind of yeah. know them a little bit now, and I'm not going to be quite so edgy, uh, no. um, which early on was an issue for me. I'm a lot better now than I was. Like I said, oh, of still, course you are. You're yeah. fine. It, You're it, fine. It's, it's been great. But like you say, it's been a fantastic learning experience doing this podcast um, for, for me. And I don't just mean the, the technique, technical stuff. The, the actual... Mm interactions with even even organizing it you know everything about it yeah. it's just it's been yeah. really good fun and i noticed we had a comment this week from someone um saying um a, a lovely sweet comment saying how they really enjoyed the podcast and it really wanted to make wanted them made them want to do their own podcast and they wouldn't know where to start and i really wanted to just say it's it's not that big a deal but it's extremely hard work um, so yeah. and this is exactly what my son Henry said to me when I first said to him, I've got this, you know, I said to him, have you heard of Thelma Walker? And he went, no. And I, I <laughs> and I, well, she's a, she was a Labour politician. She's quite well known and she, and, and she's interested in doing a podcast with me. And he said, well, I'll just tell you straight out now, it's an awful lot of work and it's not just straightforward you know, there's more to it than meets the eye. And if you're going to do one every week, you've got to imagine yourself on week 10, week 12, the pressure of having to put out that podcast. And he was really laying it on like that. It is hard work doing a podcast. It's it, but it's, it's good if you can get it to work. And, and uh, f first off with ours, it bumped along a little bit at the beginning. And I thought this isn't going to happen. Uh, but because we just got lucky, really, with one one thing and another, and uh, and um, uh, got lucky with the guests as well, and uh, um, and the pu publicity one or two of the guests gave us, uh, and and it seems to be happening now. Um, yeah, fingers I think, crossed. I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. I think you're right about the work, but for me, 
I, I, I enjoy it. I think it's just something very different than I've ever done before. But there's all the bits about it. I mean, I know you sort the technical side out, but then there's the, the publicity for it the day before it's going out, the reminder to send it out, to share it. Um, it there's, there's all those different, the prep to make sure that we know what we're talking about. Mm. Uh, you know, those things that go on behind the scenes that I think we, with any any media um or with anything really there's always more to it than 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 what's front facing and uh but but it's been so different and so new that um yeah i, I i'm enjoying it and as long as we keep getting the guests to want to come on and uh and talk to us i think uh, i think i think that'll be uh, yeah. that'll be great that'll be great yeah, i've got a couple and of uh, sorry i'm sorry to no, no, I was just saying that um, I think there's a, the thing with politics as well and left-wing politics in particular, there's always going to be something to discuss and to talk about. And we, we say nearly at the beginning of every podcast, well, what a week and this has been happening, that's been happening. We're never going to dry up with, for material, shortage of material, are we, Tom? Oh, well, it doesn't look like it. Uh, I mean, even, <laughs> even without a guest, we've managed to do 50 minutes. Uh, I've just got a couple more things to say and uh, we can... Um, I've got a friend uh, who runs a podcast and uh, I listened to one of her podcasts before I um, uh, contacted you actually, Thelma. Uh, and uh, she's a, a lady called Manda and she runs a podcast. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, I'll find out and put it on the, uh, on the website thing. Um, but she is, uh, I was really impressed by the quality of her podcasts. And, and uh, I, I actually sent you a link to one of them. It was about a politician, which well, she actually isn't a politician, uh, about something that happened locally to me. And it was a really good podcast, really, really sound. And um, anyway, she's got in touch to say she's really enjoying listening to our podcasts. And, and um what she wants to try and do, and I, I don't know if anyone else out there lis who listens to this might be interested in, in this idea, is, is somehow or other linking together the, po the podcasts on the left into some kind of more, I, I'm not sure quite whether she means more organised or somehow linking us together so that we can find each other and promote each other and, and work together a little bit to provide some kind of place where... If you're cooking the dinner and you feel like listening to a bit of left-wing stuff, you can just mm. go there and look mm. down the list and think, oh, I'll give this a try. And because that is actually quite hard to do. I've tried to do that. Mm. You put socialism mm. into podcast or you put left-wing politics into your podcast app. It's surprising what comes up and it's really hard to find out what you're going to get. And some of it's mm. bizarre in the extreme, to be honest. And, uh, you know, so I, anyway, that's just an idea that I'm, I'm quite into at the moment and I'm waiting for yeah. that. Yeah, I think that'd be a good idea. I, and I think the different, we've mentioned Canary, Navarra Media, uh, Double Down News, there's Byland Times, Tribune. You know, we've got the, 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 the printed uh, media as well as as the platforms um we've got social media we've got socialist tv now socialist telly uh yeah. which i really love yeah, um, me too. so but there's there's an awful lot now of um and they are you know, generally they seem to be really mutually supportive of each other which i think is really healthy yeah. really healthy um but maybe it needs a wider and bigger coordination of everything i think you're right tom i think that would be 
I think that I think that's almost like I'm saying about what's happening with left-wing politics that the kind of uh, movement has been fragmented in a way but it's that people are coming together uh, and um, I, I think that's really exciting and interesting so but we need the media the left-wing media to come together as well definitely, um, definitely. Uh, and work, work together uh, yeah interest really exciting interesting mm. yeah brilliant so i think that's probably about it thelma do you i think we I, I, time has just gone hasn't it? It just, just, just just incredible yeah it is yeah um it's been it's been great to talk to you again thelma and, and yeah, uh, uh, as always and uh, i think we've got a special guest next week so we'll be back to our old format and um we'll see uh, how that goes uh, so yeah if you've enjoyed listening to us uh, uh well, firstly thank you for listening to us and if you've enjoyed listening please subscribe to the podcast most of all please tell your friends because uh the more people we can get plugging into left-wing media the better uh and the more it takes you away from the msm <laughs> mainstream media msm yes don't go <laughs> there don't go there <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks. Oh, anyway. great great to talk to you and thanks everybody for listening and I'll leave you with the words of Nelson Mandela it always seems impossible until it's done solidarity solidarity